You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, the Binge Sportscast. Yes! Welcome everybody to the BingeMedia.net Binge Sportscast. Binge Boys gave us a show, and we hope it Because I remember none of it. Well, we're talking about sports, about balls and shapes and sorts. Play hard. Just don't bet on what we say, cause you fucking lose. Uh, yeah. Woo! It's the big sports cast that drops every Thursday with your two drunk hosts from Detroit and NJ. Talking college roundup and around the league. We've even got a good. Yes, indeed. You can call us up if that's your choice. You suck. Just don't be offended by what we say. And don't bother fact-checking us either. Stop being assholes. We're just two bobbled in. Yes. Just two bobbled in. Okay, there you have it. Welcome, everybody, to this week's show of the Binge Media.net Binge Sportscast. Two weeks in a row, TM. Two weeks in a row. I called it in the... I'm writing the article already, and it's called The Sports Documentary Roundup Show. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we did some homework. Yes. Uh, for anybody who's a new listener, I am PJ, as always joined by my main man, TM. And uh, we are just in the the the, the up and coming, the, the inaugural weeks. I don't know if inaugural is the right word, but the starting weeks of the NFL season. So as TM said, not a ton of news, not a ton to talk about. So yeah, we will be doing um documentary roundup or uh I don't know. What did you call it, TM? It's the sports documentary roundup show. And we're what we're also decided to do is since Hard Knocks has debuted with the Dallas Cowboys on HBO we both watched it last night and had the exact same reaction. Boner. The 50, yeah, the no. 50. Well, no, <laughs> no, no. But the 51, some people had boners on the show, I think, but we'll get into that. So 51-minute commentary. We're just going to throw this episode one on in the background. We're going to get into Netflix's Untold Malice at the Palace. That's yes. their new docuseries, and they have uh, chosen Malice at the Palace, which PJ will tell us all about um, as the first episode of that series. And then uh, we'll get into an HBO sports, kind of a sport documentary that's also happening uh, a little later. But the whole time, we will be having to sit through Hard Knocks, episode one of the Dallas Cowboys for the second time. So let's get that going, and then we'll get this show going. Here we go. You ready, sir? Yes, I am ready. I am ready. Absolutely. (laughs) So, yes, if you guys are watching or if you want to watch and play along. You really don't have to. You don't have to. You do not have to. But, yeah, we're at the (laughs) 10-second mark on the HBO Max app and uh, right before the intro. So we will start it now and we'll go from there. So three, two, one, go. Oh, boy. Yes. What a uh, What a scar. What yeah. a scar. Now, I, Dak Prescott 
Big time injury last season. They were the strongest offense in the league. Just putting up, he was putting up yardage numbers. He was on his way to breaking the records. So I get this opening and I'm like, good. Okay, let's focus on this. This is obviously the story of the team. Um, this is all pre-credits and then we'll talk about everything else hey, later. Yes. Yeah, and then of course they Ooh. they go on here to show the injury, and I'm in like three times Ooh. in a row. I'm just like, God Almighty! Freeze frame it, slow mo it. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it that bad, you know. And I was watching the game, so uh, yeah, yeah I, I was not. And I knew when they said, you know, his ankle. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He tries to bang it back in place himself. Well, that's what he says here. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to get back out there. And then you watch him and he literally tries to take his leg and bash his ankle back into place. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. I forgot that they actually showed this so graphically. And I, um, I think I've told this story on air before but when i was in eighth grade i snapped my shin in half playing football and it was um a similar reaction where it's you just you can't believe you look down and your legs bending the wrong direction and you almost can't believe it and like he said you're in like the state of shock and you just like want it to be better and then after that adrenaline you know where shock kind of wears off then there's all these emotions that go through and, and pain and all that. And, and obviously he's talking about emotions of, you know, his career and everything that's happening. But um, I found it interesting. He said here that the doctors actually like put it back in place on the field, mm. which seems uh, weird. I don't know. Well, they got to put it in that cast right there. So they said you only knew about one surgery. Oh, that's good. Well, did you pick up that he said when he talked about this second surgery that they there was something like with an infection or because it was a compound fracture, like had pierced the skin or whatever he said that it that they had to do the second surgery. And I immediately thought of the Alex Smith documentary and mm, his mm-hmm, leg mm-hmm. being decimated and the grossest thing I think I've ever seen. Anyway, it's enough about that. So TM back to hard knocks. I mean, this is, I don't know what, probably season 15. I mean, at least. I, been on yeah. I mean, I was just time. trying to think back. Yeah. There's been a lot. Ravens, dolphins, Browns, right. Bengals. Yeah. We had the Texans at one point. Um, Texans. Yeah. The Bucks at one point when with Jameis, I remember. And anyway, so what is what are your thoughts in general on Hard Knocks? Even when my team was the focus, I just couldn't get into it. I'm not a big fan of the show, um, and I think that this episode kind of tells the story as to why, like. I don't get anything out of this that I'm looking for. I do like how they highlight the, like, so that we're seeing Parsons now, their number one draft pick. Good footage on him at practice, but I just don't care. I don't know. It's like they're trying to be the old NFL films, but the problem is they don't have any content. It's boring. Like this this team, for, for example, 
I mean, I just hate everybody after one episode. I just want to see CeeDee Lamb make catches. I don't care about anybody else. Yeah, I, totally I don't agree. want to say too much because all these things are about to take place, and I'm going to go crazy <laughs> okay. about them. But who can't? Who? I mean, you can't like Jerry Jones. Well, that's. I think with Hard Knocks, I think I've always wanted it to be more than it is. Right? I love the idea of Hard Knocks. Like, I love that. Like, it's coming up. You know that it, that hey, Hard Knocks is starting next week, and then it just like you said. I mean, I think I fell asleep halfway through the episode last night because nothing's happening yeah i think it's i mean well you know why i mean it's freaking preseason football so nothing happens then so how can you really produce a solid documentary on something where nothing happens you know the only show to ever pull that off is seinfeld <laughs> nothing else like this is crap mccarthy's terrible by the way too he you really get an idea of who i mean is he really coaching or is he just overseeing yeah i I don't know. I've never liked him, obviously, coming from Green Bay, but he seems yes. even more of a of a I don't wanna I don't wanna say a figurehead, but just I mean, he's just there. He's doing nothing. And then he yeah. brings up this shit, this mo I don't know. We'll talk about this show. Yeah, we'll get to that. So <laughs> all right, but now here's this scene, for example, this Jerry Jones scene. He is emotional here. He actually makes a couple jokes that I thought were kind of funny. Nobody laughs. It's like everybody's afraid of him. It's like the Pope is speaking right now or something. Well, he I don't know how all the control, I don't know how McCarthy right? takes the job. Well, he, you know he's sitting he's sitting in that one um that one meeting, but he's on the phone. You know, he's on speaker. I think either he was in the meeting or they just cut to a phone conversation with him in his office when he's eating that breakfast sandwich that I would fucking destroy. Oh, yeah, Jerry Jones, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he's just asking the questions about the injury to uh, Dak and stuff, and it's just kind of like, oh, God. Could you imagine having to deal with, like... Every day. If my, if my director called me every day asking me questions about my number one account, I would just be like, dude, I am quitting. Right Got this it. Is, let me, let me do my job, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, look. Yeah, we're not here to say anything good about this show. It's I think it's a terribly weak first episode. There's The content only provides mockery is basically why I wanted to throw it on in the background. There's just too many scenes where I am just like, like the Zeke Elliott Dak stuff coming oh. up. I mean, I got questions. They are way too close. There must be some dick sucking going on there. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, that was a drop, <laughs> but I've said it before. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's. We'll talk about that. We'll get into it. But why don't we get to the actual documentary that we watched this week? Um, yes. Which is oh, none other than the Untold Malice at the Palace. All right, TM. So, yes. Obviously, I'm close to this story and, you know, being a, a Pistons fan in their heyday. So, I guess. Did you throw the beer? No, I did not throw the beer, but I do have some inside information on one of yes. the people in this documentary that we will get to. But so, Tip, what 
is your recollection of this? I mean, what do you do you remember where you were? Do you remember anything about it? Is it hazy to you? What what are your what were your initial reactions to this becoming a documentary or a- um I was behind a bar in Hoboken 2004 fall 2004 and um I remember we had it on the TV. I guess it was it must have been a TNT game or, or ESPN or something. And when it happened, you know, you're you're talking about a game that nobody's paying attention to, and then all of a sudden, people in the bar started to say, "Oh my God, look at this shit!" And then just every it it just became, you know, just everybody just all eyes on the TV. And uh, from from that aspect, I remember I remember being there for sure. And you always think about it. Like, how can you forget Ron Artest going into the crowd? Yeah. And beating, right. you know, beating a fan. So, well, but boy, does this really get into it. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's cool <clears throat> that you had first, at least firsthand watching uh, experience, right? Um, mm. We were, it was a Friday night, my birthday weekend. We were all getting ready. I was still in college, getting ready to go out. You know, this happened, it was the end of the game. So it had to have been about 10 o'clock, I would assume, right? Game started at 7, maybe 8 o'clock. So it'd be about 10, 11 o'clock. And I was, everybody was hanging out in like the main room of our house in, uh, at our at, in college. And I was getting ready and I saw the initial fight, right? I saw the initial like Wallace and and Ron Artest kind of shoving match and then every, and so I ran out to the the main room and told everyone like you turn on ESPN turn on ESPN so we turn it on and then there's like eight of us standing around watching this shit and all I remember was thinking or at least or talking about how Ron Artest is done forever like that's what we all thought like Artest was gonna get um, banned for life. Or go to jail. Who knows? Um, and and that was it. But I will have forever remember the circumstance of, you know, when it happened and what I was watching. Um, right. So the documentary, to my surprise, really comes off as an Indiana Pacer uh, 2004 you know, like season in review. <laughs> I mean, right. When the, cause, cause right. I mean, you've got, and th- I was, it was unexpected to me that that was the approach um, from the onset. And, you know, I had my wife agreed to sit down and spend an hour watching this with me last night and she don't care. Right. But I was like, just watch. I'm like, you're going to be very interested in this, but it does take a, a good long while to get to the actual incident. So, the approach they take with Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest, and Steven Jackson as the talking heads. There's others, of course. Um, but the fact that we get the recap of the playoff series that they lost to the Pistons the year before and the Pistons going on. And I was kind of like, when it, okay, as it pertains to Jermaine O'Neal, I'm kind of like, all right, screw this guy. Shut up. I don't care. Well, it, it but seemed when Reggie very, Miller appears. Right. When Reggie appears, I was so locked in. I totally like, agree. Right, and yeah, it affects his career so much. 
and and he has his legacy. Yeah, his he legacy. has the respect. You know, he has the respect of everybody, and 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 he's still involved in the NBA. So I was I was happily surprised to see him there. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I wrote down as I'm watching this, I'm like, is this just a sob story for the Pacers? Like, because it's the first 30 minutes. And, yeah. and, you know, goes back to Jermaine O'Neal's upbringing and all this. And and I, I guess in the end, they had to give some sort of overarching, you know, plot line, right? Because well, what, yeah. yes. what I was going to say, what I will say is if you're going in this into this thinking that you're going to find out something like new, there isn't really anything new outside of the, the storyline of the Pacers. Cause I don't think at that time in 2004, I, I mean, I knew that the Pacers were the piss, one of the Pistons rivals. Right. But this oh, big time, right. This doesn't, I, I guess it never s- sunk in that it was this and then it was nothing, right? Because right after this comes LeBron and then it switches. Mm. Um. Very true. And and good point on that because the explanation to how dominant of a team the Pacers were early on with the addition of Steven Jackson and, you know, they would have been the best team in the East regular season so you know it was reggie's best opportunity yeah. and like it, it what did they went they i think they were seven and two it was like the 10th game of the season or something yeah. and i mean he wasn't even playing and it right. just all blows up in his face but man he's in the middle of all the action yeah. um but what right, I, hold on one other yeah. thing no before before we get out i don't want to jump i oh, don't no, i don't want to jump Ahead. Oh wait, what are you gonna say? I want to jump. I want to jump back to what we're watching on TV right now, uh, <laughs> or what we just I just watched. wrote it down. I was like, all right, we'll get to this later. Him wrapping a gift. It is so Dak. So reverse burp, back to the NFL. There is a ten minute. A <laughs> I don't know. I, what do you want to call it? interlude or whatever? Just a ten minute segment. On Hard Knocks of Zeke Elliott wrapping a birthday present for Dak Prescott. And they they go into how like they're they're their best friends or like they're best friends or he's his my I was talking with my my nine year old son. He's like, Dad, who's your best friend? I was like I was like, I don't, I, I'm like, I don't know if best friends is like, a like thing, TM. Right? TM is my best That's friend. Right. I talk to him almost every week, every day. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't I was like, you just have like a group of friends that you're close with. Like, and then of course, last night we're getting this conversation about, oh, he's my best friend, man. He's my best friend. And we've been best friends ever since. Ever since. Wrapped, oh yeah. We have a, our birthdays are seven days apart and. It's the first time I'm getting them a gift. I'm like, oh wow, well, your your relationship really must have taken to the next level of season. I mean, give me a break. It doesn't paint a very I'll tell you this, I ain't drafting either of them. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So back to Malice. Back to Malice, yes. All right. So you said that they had to give you some like the the clips they put together for like the opening he's like you need to know the whole story they all kind of mentioned you know you need to know what really happened 
So they really lay that on thick in the beginning. And basically, as far as I understand it, that statement is you need to know that somebody threw a bottle at Ron Artest, right? I mean, I was expecting from the, from that preview and from those early lines in the in the documentary, I'm waiting for a racism story. I'm waiting for, you know, you you didn't hear what this this was said. That I mean, I expected this terrible picture to be painted of the fans. The video footage paints a bad enough picture of the fans in Detroit that night. I'm sure. not going to sugarcoat or give them any benefit of the doubt. It's terrible. But if that's it, you don't go in. I mean, the bottom yeah. line here is you don't go in the stands. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. What you just said was my, I guess, biggest problem with this documentary was I was expecting exactly that. I was expecting something more to come out from the night, from something that happened, like somebody said something. And obviously I was invested in this story, you know, in local news and, and, you know, they bring up, you know, have the, the, the Oakland County prosecutor, whoever it is, you know, as they talk about prosecuting all the, the fans, but nothing I heard, I mean, for, for a, a lay person, a, you know, somebody who doesn't know the story at all. It's very interesting. But for me, nothing new was, was said in this documentary that wasn't already very well known around here. Um, but I took, after watching the documentary, I took the, you just need to know the whole story as you need to know how this affected us and like the aftermath of it, not necessarily the events of the night of. Yeah, I think the unfortunate victim to the entire thing is Jermaine O'Neal. I mean, he never left the court, but he had, you know, he, our test leaves, wins a championship with the Lakers. Yep. Steven Jackson. And he won a championship with the Spurs, right? They kind of brush over that real yeah, fast. real quick, but yep. But, right. Yeah, and O'Neal stayed in Indiana, and, and you know. And so, and I feel for that guy. I, listen, I, never, I couldn't stand him on the court as a Knicks fan, but there's no denying that he was awesome. So, uh, you know, I guess I kind of feel for him, but it's funny, I, I try to think back now. I mean, that was what, 16, 17 years ago? I try to think, but I don't really remember Jermaine O'Neal's career ending. No, I, I agree. I remember him, like, uh, you know, as I, as I said, being an up-and-comer um, and then being kind of the centerpiece of that, that Pacers team outside of Miller. And and then, yeah, he just but kind Miller of... Miller retired after that year. Right. But I'm saying when he... Because he was an all-star before that, right? I mean, it was 2002, yes, 2003, yes. 2004. And yes, yes. After this happens like i said in the opener it it they fizzled because he was the only one left miller retired everybody else left and and then it was the lebron show i mean lebron came in and the pistons were good through 2008 you know six uh eastern conference finals and it was lebron and his uh you know coming out party that 
that really uh, took over the East in oh five oh six oh seven. So I yeah. I I don't know. Um, I found it funny as they were you know this it's a this story's a little not dated but the fact that I mean this happened like what seventeen years ago now. Yes, and there's a couple of things. The, the news coverage. Well, a the news coverage. Did was Which your was, like was was the audio or like the the copies of some of the news like footage just absolutely horrendous? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, dated is a polite way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I I can't. I. It's just that's it, just it, a, that's just attributes to your your neck of the woods. <laughs> Nah. Right, you know. I mean, the whole the whole nation covered it. I mean, there's people on CNN. I mean, like people that don't talk sports are getting all about it about the NBA. I mean, just on top of the NBA with the whole thug term and stuff. And it was. Uh, I'll say two things. Now it wouldn't. Fl- I mean, you can't do that now. It's not politically correct. People would have. There'd be riots. And two, LeBron quickly helped clean the league up. If that was really the image that the majority of the public had, it cl- it quickly changed. I mean, he couldn't have come at a better time for the league. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's that on top of the fact that it just became a more, you know, I know societal, uh, just like anything, right? Um, people came to accept the culture, right? I mean. Before it was, it's just thug culture, but it's, no, it's it's just the culture of uh, the players and, and how they dress, and that doesn't mean that they're thugs, it's just, you know, who they are. And the and the, the NBA actually accepted it, versus Stern, like we saw at the end of this documentary, in, uh, implementing the dress code, and I thought that was the most interesting thing when the, when the uh, punishments came down in that interview with David Stern, he's like, yeah, it was a unanimous vote of one. That was the best. That was the best crazy. line in the whole documentary. Crazy. crazy. Um, but no, I was going to say the most dated thing about this, TM. Did you notice? So they, they previewed before this happened. So Pistons beat the Pacers in the 2004 Eastern Conference Finals to go to the championship. It was game six, the fourth quarter. And they talked about um, Ron Artest getting a flagrant foul that really turned, you know, the game on its end. And then the Pistons won. Did you notice the score of the game in the fourth quarter with three <laughs> minutes and 57 seconds left? Well, weren't they like both in the 60s? Yeah, was it 69-65? It was 59-59 it was right? when the flagrant foul happened. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, really. Three yeah, minutes and, and fifty-seven one of the seconds says, left. Bad the- shooting night. Bad shooting. Bad shooting night overshadowed by our test flagrant or something oh. was one of the articles. I'm like, yeah. bad shooting night. <laughs> <laughs> that scored in the first quarter. Now it's great. Yeah, the final was sixty-nine, sixty-five. That I is would love to know what the Vegas line was. What was the line on the over/under? <laughs> you know, it's I. I, mean, I, it I like bet it one sixty. No, I bet it wasn't that far off. There was a point in 2003 when I think the Pistons held six straight teams to under 70 points. Oh, wow. It, I mean, it was... I, I got to tell you, man, I hated that. I hate Rip Hamilton because when he beat Duke when he was with UConn. UConn? Yeah. 
the the viewing party I was at in college. I wanted to kill everyone in the room because a none of them were my friends, and b I was the only person pulling for Duke in the room, <laughs> and it was a very nauseating night for me. Well, that's, and that's, I blame you should be used Rip, to I blame that it all on Rip Hamilton. Yeah, I love Rip. I love Rip. I got his jersey upstairs. Let's go. Let's go. Um, little sidestep here. Uh, the Hard Knocks here, where they start showcasing Micah Parsons from Penn State linebacker. When they put on the pads there, and he just starts headbutting everybody, I loved it. That's the best part yeah. of this whole because he's just like he's like a five year old <coughs> that first gets his pads on and just starts headbutting people. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he looks a little small for a linebacker. Is that his choice of? Shoulder pads, because then you got like Vander Esch, who looks like such a dweeb when he doesn't have his helmet on, but when he's on the field, he's like a big dude. Yeah, I mean, but I think that's just like Parsons. Parsons he's, look at him. I mean, he looks just like uh, he looks like a cornerback, man. Yeah, yeah, he's like a big safety, right? And he'll put on some pounds, yeah. and you know. But you're right. Yeah, Vander Esch is you know prototypical. You know, he's got the neck roll and uh, and just ready yes, to, yeah, to yeah. plug a hole up the middle. So we'll see. Speaking of age, back to Mouse of the Palace. That's another thing, you know, for the uh, that I would say to defend the athlete in any type of conversation when it comes to pro sports and you know whatever you, however you want to address their behavior. They're just kids, man. I mean, O'Neill was drafted at a high school. What was he like? Twenty? Seventeenth, I think I have it. And he was yeah, he was the youngest ever. You have all that crazy shit going. I mean, the guy that, the guy, which is incredible. Actually, the best part of the documentary is the talking head that is the one who Art that came on the court and Artest punched him. Oh, so this. But hold on, for you. I know you got something good here. I I think it's this guy, but I'm just gonna say that your dumbass stepped to run Artest on an NBA court. All bets are off there, bro. You're an idiot. And you deserve to get completely pounded to the ground. I'm sorry. Because that's that's like if somebody runs on the field on a baseball field, I think it's fair game for the players to just jack them up. Oh, yeah. Because that's safety. You don't know what's coming. A hundred percent. If you want to stay out of it, don't get on the court. Now, in the in, in you know, the reverse, when our test and Steven Jackson go into the stands. I mean, all bets are off. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's the same thing. Like, if our test would have just stayed on the court, nothing obviously would have happened, you know. And that's obviously the overlying story here is this one cup essentially ruined five guys' chance at an NBA title, you know, with that team at least. Um, but it really was our test, uh, you know, in the in the, in the end. Um, yeah, but, but, but PJ, he was just practicing a five-second break like he did with his therapist. He learned with his therapist. That's all he was doing. That's why he laid down. He was just checking out. He wasn't being rude. Not even a little. Back to the guys on the court. So the guy that was the talking (laughs) head was not the guy that stepped to our test. It was was his buddy buddy that came up after, and he's the one that gets absolutely cold-cocked by Jermaine O'Neal. Ooh, and he kind of whiffed a little too. A little I mean, bit. I, I mean, get, Reggie Miller said bit, but that. But he did get him. He got. Yeah, he, he got, got him. Good, him. I agree. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what I so obviously from Detroit, I know this guy's cousin. Okay, and so 
He tells me when I first heard it, when and we we were we were just hanging out a couple weeks ago. He said, "Hey, this documentary is coming out. So my cousin's on it," and and I didn't I knew nothing about this. I'm like, "Who's your cousin?" I'm like, "Is he the guy that like stepped to our test?" He's like, "Yeah, who goes down on the court?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "He's not that dude. He's like the one that got punched by O'Neal." And they actually mention in this documentary when they talk with like the nurse or the public securities lady who says that they hear them talking about how they're going to get some money, they're going to sue, blah, blah, blah. This guy goes to court, sues the NBA. I don't even know. I don't know the whole story of who who was the, the lawsuit was against, claims damages. You saw him leaving on the stretcher, right, into the EMS. Mm-hmm. And the story that I got is that they were going to settle. And he was going to get a significant amount of money. And his lawyers apparently told him not to and to go and fight it, that you could get a lot more blah, 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 blah. And so at that point, whoever the big wigs are with the league or Jermaine, whoever it was said, all right, you want to play that way? They started digging up all the shit against him and all the shit on him and guy gets nothing they find videos of him in vegas without you know a neck brace on like a typical like movie or tv story that you see where the guy's captured doing something that you know he clearly says that he can't do blah 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 so long story short this guy got nada nothing wow that should have been in the documentary because that is (laughs) fucking awesome fuck that guy even more what a dick yeah i totally i i mean the guys say in the day they're like yeah i don't know we were like getting pushed around and we ended up on the court somehow and then later in the document they're like they moved down like six rows to go down there they could they deserve everything they got i wish they would have been you know both of them would have been uh or the first one at least would have would have you know taken more i mean it's yeah the, the head of security talking head from the palace actually said that that guy was being he was a problem already. He was like a season ticket holder. He was causing problems. They were going to ask him. They were going to take his tickets away. Now, I had a, a little bit of a hard time believing that. And again, I don't know this guy from anybody else in the world. Never. I, I don't. I'm not trying to defend him at all. It seemed very convenient, if you will. You know, like that. Oh, yeah. Of course. Well, we're I defending ourselves. That, yeah, yeah we knew he was a problem, does. right? Anyway. But all of these things, like I said, nothing in the documentary was super new. Uh, you know, not no. It wasn't really an untold story. But I think the untold story comes from them, you know, exposing kind of what happened to these guys and and really the yeah. the long term effects on them. Uh, and it certainly reinforces. The meant the mindset of Ron Artest just being a little cuckoo bird. Oh my God! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, and he don't sugarcoat it or. Yeah, and and even I think Stephen Jackson comes out. He's like, I'm kind of nuts, and he's kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think from someone say that didn't live it as as close to home as you did. It it's an inc- the footage is incredible. And when you once they finally get to the game in question, it's 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 great, man. It, 
it is such a good documentary because it's it's just one of those like incidents where you just get it from all sides. Reggie Miller explaining it from his perspective and then getting footage with him. He was in every situation. He, I mean, he was more involved in it than anybody else because he, and then the, the two cops, there was only three cops. And then the one guy, they tried to grab Reggie Miller. They thought he wasn't a player, you know, like, and then he goes, and I said to, Hey, now come on, I'm a player. I'm Reggie Miller. And then they cut to the scene of that, interaction taking place and i looked at carrie i go well he certainly didn't say what he said he did <laughs> like it's just unbelievable and i don't blame him he got every like yo get your fucking hands off me yeah no that was great that was actually really good yep i like that um, yeah it's a well done documentary i mean absolutely and yeah. the fact that they yeah. got our test sorry meta world piece and i wrote down here really still going by no that? they're calling them ron they were yeah i I actually noticed that too. All of them were calling yeah. him Ron, but maybe that's because that's just who how they know him. But his name, I mean, they, they showed it as Meta World Peace as the, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But the fact that they got all four of those guys from the Pacers, oh, and the owner, which is which is great. They got Ben Wallace. I'm surprised they didn't get anybody else from the Pistons, but I mean, Billups is the coach of the, you know, Pacer or the Blazers now, and. Yeah, well, they didn't um, – when they they showed Stern doling out the suspensions, they didn't mention Ben Wallace's. What did he get? Did he get, I like, don't know. five games or something? It, yeah, it wasn't much. I mean, it, it, I mean, it couldn't have been anything been, like right? what they got. I mean, what did yeah, he do? He yeah. threw some – you know, he got an altercation on the court and then threw, you know, some headbands and bandages. Oh, it was a pretty – I mean – you know all the stuff with the Pacers players aside, the Ben Wall, the shove to our test. I mean, it was pretty violent. If that happens yeah. in today's games, you're ejected. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I, I I would think that he got suspended, but I wouldn't think it was more than. No, he know, did. He absolutely did. But or... they they never mentioned the. You know, they only focused on the Pacer players. Right. Now, so. can we talk about the incredible throw that was the cup throw? Oh God! Here he comes. I know, no, no, no. Listen, no, I'm not defending. Here he comes, ladies and gentlemen, Detroit's own Paul Joseph. <laughs> the uh, no, I'm just the guy. Literally throws it from his hip and direct shot right in Artest's jugular. I mean, like right at the top. I mean, it couldn't have landed more perfect. And then Artest goes after the guy next to him. That is my favorite clip of the whole thing. Is the guy who is standing next to him, I don't even think he's his buddy or anything, is like yelling and cheering and like having a good time because our test is, you know, gets hit. And then all of a sudden he's coming up into the crowd. The guy's still kind of cheering. And then he bypasses the guy with the cup and then it goes and attacks this other dude. It is always my favorite. I'm going to, I'm going to screw. We're going to get the still shot from a team and that's going to be the cover story for this week's article. Cause it's amazing. Okay. Now, and then on top of that, when our test gets to the row, the actual bottle thrower is trying to restrain our test. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Reggie Jackson's a crazy motherfucker. The fact oh, that dude. he jumped in the crowd like that and just started throwing fists. So, and he's coming off, he's coming into the, Headed into the locker room, whatever he said, he's like, "Yo, we back ourselves," or whatever he yeah. says. I'm just like, "Oh, that's not that's well, you gotta that's, not do that." What what he says, like he says, "Listen, 
He's like, you and me talking to the interviewer. He's like, we go to the bar. Somebody step to you. I'm the first one stepping up. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steven yeah, yeah. Jackson, let's <laughs> hang out. You'll be my boy. I don't know. It was there were a lot of good things with this. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not trying to to knock it down for what it was. Um, just it was different than what I expected. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I was and, watching and, and, it with. And I, I was a little nervous at the beginning. This I'm not gonna sit here and placate to the Pacers the whole time. But like we both agree, as soon as Reggie popped in, it was like, oh, yes, this guy's like one of the voice. Like Carrie's like, why do I know him? I'm like, because how many basketball games? just watched this year i'm like right. he commentated at least half of them yeah yeah and he yeah. uh you know and he was always he was the guy i mean he's he's the type of guy you need that cold-hearted kind of you know killer type player just not to the extent of ron artest all right so. quick cut to hard knocks here oh. we're watching zeke give dak his suitcase gift which owner can you can you just tell me what meeting this is because you have Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott giving a gift. Maybe this is what you're seeing people walk in now. Is that like the beginning, the offense, the offensive meeting? I just don't understand. No, it wasn't. I what was that meeting? I don't know. All right, so all right, hold that. Mouse the palace. Yes, I give it a strong seven on ten. I would agree. Uh, if you whether you remembered or not. You'll probably enjoy it more if you don't know anything about it. Um, Absolutely. But, oh, my God. You know, watch it. Carrie for... couldn't believe it. She didn't She didn't remember it at all? She didn't know what happened. Crazy. She was 10. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think she was literally 16. Oh, my so. God. Shut up, TM. All right. Um, <laughs> but, no, my wife watched it with me, and she was in college with me, so I think she was there that night with us, and um, she missed the whole – well, the funny part is I watched the first 25 minutes of it and then I watched the end with her and she didn't care. Like it, she didn't miss anything, you know, she missed all the upfront stuff about Jermaine O'Neal's sob story, but otherwise it was, um, I don't know. It's still good. Uh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I agree. Listen, Seven if nothing else you're getting, you're getting solid footage of a horrific event is really what, you know I mean? That's really what it comes and it's down short, to. Right. It's short. It's short. Yeah. Hour, 10 point. minutes, hour, 10 minutes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, good. So let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and their preseason training facilities. <sighs> like what is happening to them? Where, where do, where do they do their preseason? Like, where do they do training camp? Is it in Dallas? I don't mean to put you it's on the spot. Be- no, I think it's in Oxnard. There's always that. What is it? Oxnard? Ox, Oxnard? Uh, Oxnard? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's got to be Texas. I mean, there's so many fans there. Why would they travel? They're in warm weather. I don't know. But what? what yeah. Like, it's it's like the sandlot in between all these houses with really green grass. But it looks but that, horrendous. But that's where they're staying. I think they're staying in those dorms. Yeah, but they have like partway through. They talk about the guys like spying on them and like the people like. Oh, right, right. The, yes, yeah. It's like yeah, you're right. It's like a <laughs> people living on it. Well, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like I just went. I think I talked about it. I went to the Lions training camp opener, like at least for the fans. And you go there, and it's like it's like going to 
I don't know, I want to say Augusta. I mean, I'm saying like you go there and the grass is green and 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 the you know the facility is beautiful and it's right next to their indoor facility and they've got you know screens all over they got literally had a guy walking around with a little um like shovel um filling in divots with grass seed like on a golf course i mean it was like pristine and then you go and you watch this this hard knocks and it's like they're they're in the middle of a neighborhood they had some grass and they put up a couple like goalposts. I just, I don't understand. Maybe somebody can. Well, Oxnard is, is California. So they're in California. They're in Cali. Yeah. Why? Like what the fuck? Is it too hot in Texas? Like maybe. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would actually make sense. I I think Miami's in South Florida though. Yeah. I, I just anyway. don't, I just like the whole McCarthy, the, the aura of McCarthy, I find extremely strange. Um, mojo time. It's mojo moment. Oh, mojo moment. Mojo moment. Hold on. Mojo moment. Here we go. Look at Zeke leading the team out with his helmet on to not play. <laughs> what a, what a shit game. This Did you turn? Okay. So we had, we recorded last week and dropped the show the day of the Hall of Fame game, Pittsburgh and Dallas. I mean, you're about to witness the best part of this show, which is the Peyton McCarthy conversation at the 50-yard line. I mean, yeah. here it is. Uh, yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Great to be back, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like, is that to each other? This, that's, I always, all these conversations, like, you always see him like doing shit like this, right? And if and if, if right now I'm watching it muted, it's like, yeah, man, they're having a really good conversation. They're not. They're not at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're talking about the weather and the fans, and that's it. And I think that's ninety yeah, percent of the conversations you see. Of course. Ugh. <laughs> and then Dan Quinn, the fact that Dan Quinn is their oh. defensive oh. coordinator. I mean, they're they're weak. If you want to like have a football discussion about this team. They were scoring 40 points a game early last year and not winning. <laughs> like, their D was horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, he comes know, in can... at halftime of this and drops 47 F bombs. And I'm just like, oh, Ugh. terrible look. He yeah. curses a couple times when he gets um, Parsons on the on the call here. Yeah. It's like, it's come like, on. I, I get it. Dude. Like, it's fine. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, you're such a man's man. You use the f bomb every statement, every like, other give sentence. Me a break, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. But it, I think the things that you get out of this, if you're really looking for some kind of like, like solid NFL footage, it's the stuff which is like the whole first thirty minutes of the episode with Dak, where they just don't let him take any reps. Right. Yep. Or, you know, yep. oh, he felt a little twinge in his lat. We're not sure what it was. Just a strain, though. Well, he ain't doing shit anymore. Don't let him do it. And then everyone's like, okay, well, he wants to. So McCarthy's got to go over and just walking towards him shuts him down. And then he's like, why don't you just go to the locker room? I mean, these <laughs> star athletes making millions of dollars. We know they don't play games. You know, preseason is so stupid. Yeah. No, absolutely. And the difference is these two teams in this game here, Pittsburgh and Dallas. Okay, so they're going to play the four game. Used to be five. So they cut down one week of preseason. Everyone's only playing three games this year. Oh, and then this Van Der Esch, Look at this fucking tool. 
Yeah, you know, he doesn't look scary to me. He does. I thought he was like big, crazy linebacker. He now I've seen him and listened to him talk. I'm like, he sucks. Run right at him. (laughs) You know the thing with this is Najee Harris, right on Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I. That's the most exciting thing to me. I'm like, oh my god, Najee Harris. Yeah, no, I had forgotten. uh, Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of this game because. First off, I don't watch my own preseason games, let alone anybody else's preseason games. But the thing that I, and maybe we'll get to this next week, maybe because this, usually you don't get a preseason game in the first week. Usually Hard Knocks is five weeks. It's the first week before preseason, and then you get four preseason games, and then they make cuts. And that, to me, there's two things that I always appreciate about Hard Knocks. One is them doing the like insight into some of the players that are on the bubble, right? And you get to kind of know some of these guys that are up and comers. And I remember the Raiders had it when John Gruden was there. And um, who's the tight end on the Raiders now? The really good Waller, right? Uh, uh, Waller, yeah. Darren yeah. Waller. He, uh, he was like highlighted during hard knocks and you got to know him. And then he turned out to be, you know, a, a really great, comeback story and now is one of the better tight ends in the NFL I'm not sure I'm waiting for that to kind of happen here because the other thing is is as you get to know some of these guys that are fighting for positions then you get to see them whether they make the cut or not right and that's the big thing is like the cuts at the end of the season and that is kind of the drama to the series if you will or the seasons is watching and, and rooting for these guys where right here, like I don't need Dan Quinn to be talking about Micah Parsons, you know, and dropping F-bombs and telling him that he's done for the day. Like, who cares? Yeah, you're the first round pick. Of course. Like, show me that he gets fumbles and he's crazy and that's it. Like, this sucks. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's that's actually what I do remember from, I probably watched like two or three episodes of the Miami one. And that was the interesting part of the series it was following the guys that were trying to make the team yeah i mean this uh, this episode provided nothing as far as entertainment i mean you got dak you got zeke and you got parsons now that we're sitting here talking this out i'm starting to think that somebody not going to mention any names here although i already mentioned his name probably is dictating what gets aired here I mean, my, my biggest yeah. surprise was that I, I was like, why wasn't there more footage of CeeDee Lamb? You see, like, one badass catch, and you just he's kind of just, like, hanging around, like, having a good time. I mean, they probably don't let him play at all anyway, but I, don't, I just don't understand. I just, I, if we weren't going to talk about it tonight, I tapped out at the 18-minute mark. I wrote that down. I was like, right here, I'm tapping out. It was probably... The gift giving and the and the suitcase. I was like, I'm done here. Like, I don't need to watch this anymore. And I'm going to tell you right now that we are not continuing watching this for this podcast. This is it. This you is got it. This is our one, one and done episode. I don't care. I don't care about the Dallas Cowboys. I know everything I need to know about the Dallas Cowboys and that C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Zeke Elliott and. I might draft Lamb, but I'm not drafting anybody else. (laughs) 
Yeah, no. I, the the problem, and that's usually this show. You're getting a team that is either up and coming or on a rebuild, and you're interested to see some of these guys. Like, I don't care about Zeke. I don't care about Dak Prescott. I know he got hurt, but like, it was a bone. It was an ankle. And he's clearly ready to go. Like they they focused on him straining a lap or something. Like who cares? Like none of this is interesting. They're not highlighting anybody else. This is like, it's like a promo. You're absolutely. This has got to be a Jerry Jones dictated show because it's just a promo piece for all their players. Yeah. You're, I mean, we've been introduced to no one else. Right. Where are all the young other, ki- the one, other kids? Yeah. We saw some guys ride bicycles. Yeah, this and was... part. I mean, it's a lot of Parsons. And a lot, I mean, obviously, Dak. And that's why the half of this is so dumb, because who cares? It's like they're dating. And then you have Parsons. That's and, it. like, now they're showing clips of this game. Like, they're supposed like, to be cares? excited. I mean, it's just like, this is where I was thinking, like, oh, what do they think? They're NFL film. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I like. You see forced. Zeke watching? Yeah. This is this is riveting. It's awesome. Turner, you know Turner? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, he's no, gonna we get don't. Cut. We sure don't. Because they've been telling us. Isn't Amari Cooper on this team? <laughs> is he? Because is he there? He must not. He must. Not. Oh, and the clips are always great too because he just sucks. <laughs> but yeah, where's Amari Cooper? I I have no idea. I don't care. I, totally I don't even care he was enough. On the team. I don't even care enough that to look it up. I, and 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 here's and this reminds me of another. Thing. There's there's got to be some kind of agreement that they don't show a lot of footage of the Dallas Cowgirls, the cheerleaders. Cowboy well, they got their own show. The show, right? Don't do they still have their own show? Uh, I, I was thinking maybe it could be that, or again, they probably you know it's got to have something to do with. Money. Because the first time they showed a cheerleader, I'm like, oh, right. The only thing that actually matters in Dallas. Oh, my God. This oh, was terrible. This it was He's terrible. Weird. He's a weird dude, Zeke Elliott. He's just a little kid. Come on. Where's Amari Cooper? I don't understand. I need to. I got to look it up. <laughs> oh, here it is. This is where he's talking. Look, this lady. This yeah, old, this look old at lady's this guy up there. There's no way he's in Dallas. He's like, I just, I'm going to be on TV. Watch me go. Watch me go. I bet it's an Airbnb. It's got to be. <laughs> I think those Gilbert, are probably, it's like it's like a, the bleacher seats on the top of the uh, uh, in Wrigleyville, top of the buildings. Yeah, 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 yeah. The buildings. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if Dak got hurt this year? They're so screwed. I mean, they don't even have anybody. Right, and Zeke's good, but he's not like he's fine. Good, good running back. He was bad production-wise once Dak got hurt. I think Dak is everything here. I really do. He's and he's good, man. I, I don't get a bad thing. I like him. He's I think he's turning into another Russell Wilson. He's twenty eight. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. As long as his foot's okay, I, I think he'll be all right. But this show sucked, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> I agree. I'm turning it off right now. The beers are kicking in. <laughs> oh. You don't have to turn it off. It's over. We did it. We completed it. Two on ten. <laughs> don't come back. We won't be doing anything more with that. Yeah, that was just to. I don't know. Pass the time. That was our. That was our. Uh, 
But I will say this. I did want to mention one other documentary um, taking place right now. Um, it's called 100 Foot Wave. It's on HBO, HBO Max, whatever, however you get your HBO. Um, story about this surfer guy goes out to, I should really have it in front of me, but he goes out to this uh, beach in Portugal. There's like under the ocean at the coastline here by this um, town in Portugal. I'm going to look it up in a second. There's basically a, you know, it's a, it's it's basically like a Grand Canyon on the ocean floor, but it's bigger than the Grand Canyon. And it, it causes, you know, riptides and all types of crazy shit with the waves and stuff like that. So this guy goes out there in search of the 100-foot wave. And you watch, they're called big wave surfers. So you, you get so much footage of these guys surfing these massive waves and they use Wait, jet this, skis to pull. Is this like fucking uh, point break point break in What's a way? Name? Yes. Brody? But, um, there's no, Johnny there's Utah? no plot. There, there is a guy named Cody. Oh, Utah. <laughs> give me two. But the, the clips of the surfing and just, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but just, just the, what ha- the clips of the stuff that you see happen live and just the preparation into this sport, which, you know, you would never know about it. All right. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I know it's hard for you to explain it without spoiling. So a couple of questions. A, how long is it? About uh, hour, a little less than an hour episode. Oh, episodes. How many episodes? Six. Oh my God. Are you serious? Six? I'm out. Get up. Get out of here. Six hours to figure out if they find a hundred foot wave. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's name is Garrett McNamara. He's the one who is in search of the hundred foot wave, if you will. We're only four episodes in. So I actually, I mean, at this point they have not surfed a hundred foot wave. He crushes this one wave in one of the episodes. Oh shit. That's it. And, um, it's not the way they measure waves is interesting. It's got to go to Guinness and stuff like that, and it only ended up being like seventy-two feet. So you end up, you know, to me, I'm like, what the fuck? That was huge, you know, blah blah blah. Uh, the, it's a fishing village in Portugal, is where he is, and it's called I can't. Oh yeah, Nazaré. So there you go. Um, look, it's not for you, Paul. Paul, it's not for you. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. You don't want to fucking watch these guys risk over. their lives on 100-foot waves. You don't got to fucking watch it, okay? But there are some listeners who might be interested. And I bet you Chad D's going to watch it because I'm watching his stupid Dr. Death. So, oh. Chad, watch this and call in. You owe me. What other – so my brother was asking me this question. I'll tell my brother. My brother's always looking for – he likes sports documentaries, kind of national, this type of stuff. So what is – it's on HBO, The Wave. Yes. All right. After it's wave, over, yeah. after it's over, tell me if it's worth it. It's all, and I will tell him. But he was asking me. So I, what I already other... think it's worth it. Really? I mean, I don't know. I'm a I'm a big like beach ocean guy. The footage of the some of this ocean. Sh- Whoa, baby! It's fascinating. 
I mean, I couldn't skateboard down the block. So to see people surf, I'm like, holy shit. Have you watched Free Solo yet? Nope. Oh, that's what you should watch. That'll make your butthole tucker. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That is, that is, that's the one to watch. Go watch it. Academy Award right, winner. Maybe, maybe I'll watch this one first because I'm into it. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, check it out. Sweet. Sweet. All right. So next week. Oh, so speaking of NFL football preseason games, um, the Lions play the Bills tomorrow, if you're listening to this, on Friday. I'm not going. Anybody want tickets? I'll give them to you for free. Did you know that? Um, Josh Allen will make more in his career. It, his he'll make more money than Tom Brady had has made in his entire career off this contract. Sweet, that's crazy. What was, what was the meme that I sent you? Taysom Hill will make more. This Taysom season. Hill makes more. Taysom Hill makes more as a backup quarterback. Than every WNBA player combined. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They were all. I got. We got them all from the same uh, NFL memes post. Yeah, yeah it's the same one because I said that. Yeah, same. that's that's oh. a great follow. If you don't follow NFL, you gotta follow that. And they hate Dallas, so that's hilarious. Because yeah. so do I. Yes. <laughs> and hey, the Mets won a game today. Way to go. Way to go, man. First time and I don't know when. I, I, I was talking shit with uh, Keen, or Keen was talking some some shit, and uh, he was allowed to get out of us. And I stopped watching, I think, five innings in Friday. I said, oh, boy. Guy disaster. And um, I've been Mets free. Mets free until this afternoon. Car. So, oh, man, it was about four days Mets free. Well, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good for your heart. Go watch the hundred wave, and <laughs> it relaxes me. I feel in the zen. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get out of here, TM. We don't need to spew about hundred foot waves and guys <sighs> climbing for no reason. We will be back uh, <laughs> soon. I don't know if it'll be next week or whatever, but uh, nope, pay next attention. Week I'm away. Next All week right. I'm away. Pay attention. We will be uh, probably in two weeks, and we'll we'll be hitting up uh, kind of a big roundup of NFL news and uh, talk about fantasy a little bit and where we are with baseball leading into September, which obviously is uh, one of the best sports months in uh, of them all. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the Mets will be uh, in it. Maybe they won't. It depends. If TM's on the show, I think maybe they'll still be in it. Oof. Well, yeah, we're, that's just like you said. We'll check in on that two weeks from now, and then the week after we'll have to be the NFL. You cut out there. We'll Jack I, on. You we'll cut Jack back. Dude, you cut out, and I really want that as a sounder. So can you do it again? Two weeks, we'll do some NFL news, and then the week after that, will be the NFL preview show. Thank you. Thank you, TM. I fucking love you, Jones. No. All right.
All right, let's go. All right, with that, we'll see you. You've been listening to the... Hit it! <laughs> You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget... Shut up! I'm waiting. <laughs>